Are you ready for an open discussion with the best of the best and the best of what's next? Welcome to the Tony D'Urso Show. Join in on a great conversation today with some of the world's great influencers as they showcase great advice and techniques that made them the game changers they are today. Now, here's Tony D'Urso. Welcome. I'm your host, Tony D'Urso. I interview some of the most successful people in the world, and I thank you for joining us. This show is dedicated to helping you turn your vision into reality. And here's some successful entrepreneurs who provide insights and guidance you can use to move along your vision path. And you can listen to all of my shows on most podcast platforms. If you have Apple Podcasts, aka iTunes, please subscribe. And if you like what you hear, a kind review really makes my day. Now, before we get going, here's a big thank you to some amazing sponsors of our show. Please stay tuned for an important message from Cabbage about getting the money you need to run your small business today. Yes, today. Coming up is a significant message from Zapier about an online automation tool that connects your apps and services. You need this. Listen for a vital message from Native, who creates safe, simple, effective products that people use in the bathroom every day. I use it. I love it. You'll love it too. Lastly, check out this message from LinkedIn on how the right hire can make a huge impact on your business. Hey, I did say huge. Do listen for that. More info on them just ahead, so please stay tuned. Today's show is about free marketing training and becoming influential with Mo Abbas and Teresa de Grubois. Let's see what we can learn through the success of others. Here's some info on Mo Abbas, who chats with us about free marketing training. Mo is a serial entrepreneur who had early success creating one of the most successful construction companies in Canada. His most recent venture is changing the education system with Gen M, offering students free marketing courses and training to get them employed. Here we go. Welcome to the show, Mo. So good to have you on with us today. Thank you for having me, Tony. Great to be here. Mo, this is a very good subject to have free marketing training. We all want to understand more. We have a lot of entrepreneurs and business people in the audience. We'd love to know how this all works. But before we get into that, first things first, I'd love to know, Mo, how did it all start for you? What's your backstory? Yeah, I guess it all started back in 2007 when I started my first business. It was Ottawa General Contractors. And it was me and a few friends in a basement office. We didn't have any money. You know, it was a classic story. We to grow our business where we had no money. So what we would do is uh, to grow our business. If we'd work with students who needed experience, they'd volunteer in our company, would help train them and launch their careers. Like Christine Baxter was an example of this. She came to Ottawa General Contractors back in 2007. And I worked personally with her, helped her, coached her, trained her, ended up hiring her. And, you know, fast forward Seven years later, she's chief financial officer of Vancouver General Contractors. This is like a life-changing thing that we did with many students. And for us, it was a key way to growing our business. I mean, we didn't have any money, right? So we couldn't pay people a lot of money, and it just, it just wasn't there. And for us, as we grew the company, uh, we actually ended up hiring about a quarter of our staff from these volunteer interns. It turned out to be a great way of vetting talent. And, you know, I did that for over a decade. I created one of the largest renovation companies in the country. Uh, and, I'm, I'm, you know, to give you a little background, I didn't go to school. I'm a high school dropout. I taught myself 
you know, business. I used to go door to door when I was 12 years old, you know, to help my family. We didn't have any money. And uh, I've just been an entrepreneur my whole life, really. And, you know, I used to just learn from books at the bookstore. And, you know, I found it to be a more effective way to learn than post-secondary. I ended up hiring a lot of my friends who went to post-secondary. And, you know, fast forward here, you know, 10 years later, I'm working on a social media app. It was a project with one of my co-founders, Richard. And again, we're hiring these volunteer interns. And he turns to me and he's like, man, Mo, we have like 200 applicants here and nobody has experience. He's like, you've been training these students for a decade and helping them launch their career. Do you know the problem you're helping these students solve? I never really thought about it from the student side before. I really just been thinking about the value I gained as a business owner and solving my own problem. And that conversation really led into an investigation of the education system. And, you know, from that investigation, we discovered that 56% of graduates are underemployed and 73% are employed outside their field of study. It's a huge problem. It costs over $100,000 to get a degree and it takes four years. And it's not getting people hired. And for us, you know, that led into a conversation about building a marketplace where, you know, we said maybe small business owners can help train students for the job market. I mean, we did it. Why can't others do this, right? It was very really valuable to us as well. And then, you know, we started saying, ah, that's, that can't happen. Like, how do you deal with, how do you know business want to do this? How do you know students are willing to volunteer with businesses? How do you deal with labor law? Like, how do you deal with all that stuff, right? And we said, you know what? You know, maybe there's something there. We could probably solve those problems. But how do we even know that people want this kind of product, right? So what we ended up doing is we turned to our co-founder, Marco. And we're like, Marco, we need a landing page. So he whips together a landing page. We put it up and we started sending students. So we didn't even have a product at this point, by the way. We were just like, you know, before I used to build product and, and launch them and, and not sure if there was a demand or not. I lost a lot of money doing that. So this time we're a little smarter about it. So we're like, let's check the demand first. We started funneling students to this landing page and the conversions were just astronomical. And we did the same thing on the business side. I said, wow, this is like huge demand for this. But like, you know, you know, maybe there's something else out there right now, right? So we looked at the market and so how do students get work experience? And there's co-ops and internships. But in reality, like only like a couple of percentage of students will get a paid internship because businesses don't want to pay to train students. It's just like, they're just not going to do it. So not very many people get that opportunity. And then you have uh, unpaid internship. But the problem with unpaid internships is they don't scale. They're filled with labor law issues. It's not something we really wanted to build out. It's we didn't see it as a good model for both students and businesses. And then you have e-learning platforms. But the problem with e-learning platforms, like, you know, I don't mean you can get some skills and learn some stuff, but you just don't get any work experience. So we saw market opportunity, right? And we had this really cool insight. So after working with like, I don't know, maybe like 50 plus students, you know, over the last 10 years, we knew how to work with them. And we had this insight where we'd work with them one-on-one -on -one, and it was essentially skills transfer from a professional to a novice, something we ended up coining as a digital apprenticeship. So this is the cornerstone of GenM. GenM is a two-sided marketplace. On one side, you have students. So I'll give you an example of a real student, Sarah Miner. She was a stay-at-home mom. When I say students, I mean like anybody who just wants to learn, by the way. They don't actually have to be in school. 
So Sarah Minor wanted to switch careers, but she couldn't go back to school. It was too costly and it was too big of a time investment. So she discovers Gen M. She creates a profile in Gen M. She did the full marketing curriculum on our platform. And then she started an apprenticeship. But Sarah Minor was serious. She really wanted to launch a career. So she did eight apprenticeships. And then she got certified as a digital marketer. Now she's earning money as a freelancer and is able to support her family. And you can imagine before... She couldn't even talk about digital marketing. Now she's like, I ran an ad campaign for this company. I was a content marketer for this company. I ran the email marketing for this company. These are the results I did. I ran the social media for this company. So she was able to showcase real world experience, stack her resume up, and really talk and really become a marketer through Gen M for free. It costs her nothing to do this. And she did it within six months, which really showed, first of all, how much you know, work ethic she had. And how fast you can launch a career these days with uh, with a platform like Gen M. And on the other side, you have businesses, and you know this is a small business. I'll give you an example. And it's Ben Seaman, and he had a startup. It was a new company. They're selling speakers online. This e-commerce startup. And Ben Seaman didn't have any money, right? It was just him and a co-founder, and they got to figure out how to market this business. And they wanted to do a Kickstarter campaign, but they were just like they had so much work to do in just building out the product and. He discovers Gen M, creates a profile. He assigns some coursework to students. Really, it's just click, click, click. What do you want them to be trained in? And then he started an apprenticeship with two of them. Those apprentices helped him launch a Kickstarter campaign. He certified them, and they're still part of his company today. Absolutely amazing, Mo. It seems like that you've discovered that a good apprenticeship is the answer to the problem with the current education system. Plus the fact that the education system, things change so rapidly, you could go to school, come out with a degree, and then it's in a way worthless because the whole industry has changed so much. It, it's, it's turned over so fast. You've really cracked the code on this. It's very, very impressive. And what about the business side? How does an, a normal business company, a business owner, whether it's a solopreneur or a larger company, how can someone be a good mentor and take care of and deal with the student? Give us an idea of that flow and how that apprenticeship actually works. Absolutely, absolutely. So, I mean, to give you an idea for the businesses, I mean, first they have a very compelling value proposition, right? So, for the businesses, they pay a small membership fee to access our marketplace tools and support. It's $49 a month as part of that fee, the membership, they have access to the marketplace and they can find a student marketer who will market their business unpaid as part of their training. So they can do things like social media, content marketing, email marketing. They act like a, a marketing assistant or an apprentice, as we call them. One to moment, that Mo, this is, this is substantial. For $49 a month, I can get a person working on my company $49 a month? Yeah, it's crazy. Like, you know, for us, it's not like we set the price. That's yeah, amazing. How many crazy. hours, how many hours would that kind of give us? So is it, does it go by hours or does it go by a task or by yeah. project? So we define the apprenticeship, you know, at 10 hours a week for three months, but you can get another apprentice at the end of that, or you can hire the one you're working with. Uh, so you get about 40 hours of help from a student marketer. And you have thousands you can pick from. Like we have a massive uh, marketplace uh, today. And you can find the best fit for your business. 
That's it. $49. You get about 40 hours of help. But it's, it goes beyond that. Not only do you get the extra help, you get a, a, a vetted talent pool you could hire from in the future. And you really get to give back and help a student launch their careers. And I think, you know, that goes a long way, especially as, a, as young founders, you know, really give back to the community. Uh, you know, that, that to me is one of the most impactful things uh, that we've, we've done in our, in our platform. And yes, you do need some marketing experience. This is not for everyone. Like if you run a mechanic shop and you just want somebody to do your social media and you don't want to talk to them and you don't know anything about marketing, this isn't the platform for you, right? This is something where you have to at least have an idea where you can provide feedback and guidance to a student. And that usually takes about 30 minutes to one hour a week in a phone call with the student. you got to be able to task them, although we are building out tasking in our platform and templates you could use to make it really, really easy. We're going to make this like, it's just the amount of value we're adding through our tools is just crazy. Uh, and those will all be available in the membership fee at no additional cost. Uh, but ultimately, you got to be able to really give back to the student because they're unpaid and because, you know, it's, it's just part of the, 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 the community we've built. Yeah, we're really in the relationship business. This is Mo Abbas, free marketing training, and you can find him at genm.com. I'll spell that. That's G-E-N as in Nancy and then M as in Mary. G-E-N-M.com. Mo, this it's is real. Code, though. It's genm.co. There's no M, so it's .co. We don't have a .com right now. Oh. Cost a lot of money for that .com. For now, we'll get it later. So it's genm, like generation millennials or whatever, .co. Well, thank you. I think it was my autocorrect that typed that went in and put gave it to .com. <laughs> All right, well, Thanks. scratch that, everyone. G-E-N-M dot C-O. All right, this is Mo Abbas talking about free marketing training. This is the Tony D'Urso Show, where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Just ahead, the chat continues about free marketing training and becoming influential with Moa Bass and Teresa de Grosbois. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Managing inventory, covering payroll, and doing a hundred other things before lunch is just an average day when you own a small business. I know this. Your time is valuable, and getting the money you need shouldn't take up all of it. That's why Cabbage created a simple, modern way for businesses to access up to $250,000 of credit. Incredible. You know, there were times when just a few thousand dollars made the difference between keeping my show going or not. I feel the pain. I know the problems here. Sometimes cash really is not just king. It's vital to keeping the show on the road. Cabbage's application process is online and takes just minutes to complete and get a decision. If your business qualifies, you can access the amount you need right away and withdraw more funds whenever you need extra capital. Very cool. Cabbage has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and has provided over 200,000 small businesses with access to funding. That's incredible. Get the money you need to run your small business today. Go to cabbage.com to get started. That's K-A-B-B-A-G-E dot com. Cabbage with a K. Cabbage.com. Credit line subject to review and change 
individual requests for capital are separate installment loans issued by Celtic Bank, member FDIC. Hey guys, I've been doing social media for quite a few years now and I'm trying to do so much myself. I have people helping me as well. And just the other day, someone said, Tony, your stuff on LinkedIn doesn't look so good and it needs work. And I'm like, I'm trying to be on all the key social media, even with people helping me. There's just so much work to do. And then boom, like magic, all of a sudden here comes Zapier. It's the easiest way to automate your work. They connect everything to anything. My Facebook, I can send to Instagram. Instagram, I can send to LinkedIn. I can connect MailChimp and schedule once in my calendar. And I'm like, oh my goodness. I am a kid in a candy store. Zapier is the easiest way to automate your work. It connects all your business software and handles work for you so you can focus on the things that matter most, like bringing you great successful entrepreneurs who discuss how they made it and help you make it yourself. No more wasting your time on tasks that you know could be automated, fully automated, because that's exactly what Zapier was built to do. Now you're going to go to our special link, zapier.com slash Tony. You know that word, T-O-N-Y. Connect the apps you use most and let Zapier take it from there. Zapier makes you happier. Okay, don't get corny. Zapier lets you instantly engage with leads, send them to a CRM or spreadsheet, then notifies your team so they can act fast on every opportunity. Is that cool or what? And that's just scratching the surface. Zapier supports more than 1,500 business applications. I don't think I have that many going just yet, but the possibilities are virtually endless. Best of all, it's easy to build the exact solution you need in minutes. I did it in seconds. I connected my Facebook page post to Instagram. Just boom, in a snap, it was done. No code, no nothing. Just boom, boom, click, and it was done. Okay, now here's what you're going to do. You're going to join more than 4.5 million people who are saving an average of 40 hours per month by using Zapier. Right now, through November, try Zapier free by going to our special link, zapier.com slash Tony. That's Z-A-P-I-E-R dot com slash Tony for your free 14-day trial. Zapier.com slash Tony. Zapier makes you happier. Okay, okay, it's corny, but you get the point. Do it, do it, and furthermore, do it. You'll be glad you did. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You're listening to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at TonyD'Urso.com. Now, back to Tony and his guests. All right, we're back on the Tony D'Urso Show where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you Move on your vision path. Let's see what we can learn through the success of others. Today's show is about free marketing training and becoming influential with Moa Bass and Teresa de Grobois. Moe's recent venture is changing the education system with Gen M. His company offers students free marketing courses and training to get them employed, while small businesses get the opportunity to work with these eager students to train them as they help their businesses grow. Very cool. All right. And now back to the chat with Mo. Mo, on the business side, you've got to train the person half hour, hour a week, have a phone call, give them tasks and so forth, and the student will go off and do these. 
Give us some examples of how the business can actually grow with this help from those students. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll give you an example. Like, you know, like you, you know, a business, for example, can come to GenM. So let's say you're selling an e-commerce product, okay? And you are doing some social media. You might have a few emails being sent out to your community, um, and that's really the extent of your marketing. You might be doing a little bit of paid ads. You know, I would bring a student on and I'd be like, okay, like, you know, I've been doing email marketing, but I haven't really had time to really put into my email campaigns. And email marketing is actually one of the best return on investments you could make as a business, by the way, is email marketing. So you can get a student to sit there for 10 hours a week, look at your emails, create new funnels, create different subject lines, track the conversions on different subject lines, find the best one, find the best copy for your emails, create a cadence on your email marketing and really set up your email marketing campaign and get it automated within three months. And then you can even get another student after that, continue doing that and overlook that work. Or maybe you can get them to do some social media for you, you know, create like a, 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 every week a po- or, you know, several times a week, a post on Facebook engage in comments, you know, content marketing is really popular. Like we had one of our students would reach out to different businesses and students on one of our apprentices in GenM. So you actually use apprentices here as well. And uh, they'd reach out to different students and businesses uh, and they would get testimonials and they ended up creating really long form, you know, in-depth interviews of businesses that were then pushed into email marketing. She also sent it out in an email marketing campaign uh, to our community and she did one of these a week and it was really impactful to building our brand and community up. And, you know, so this is just some ideas that you could utilize for your apprentice, right? So it really depends on your business and what kind of work you do. Well, uh, these are very interesting and I'm curious because let's call it a moderate turnover every three months. I believe you said you get a new student or a new intern. And I understand that one can First of all, document everything they do so you don't have to retrain somebody from the beginning. So the new intern would just come in, pick up the training that was documented and carry on. But I'm also curious on the business side, do you do any training to the company on how they can best utilize that intern to really maximize the growth of their company? Absolutely. So we actually are investing very heavily over the next six to 12 months on what we call, we call it fulfillment. Okay. So there's two parts to our business. One's matching. We want to match you with the best student possible. I mean, you got to have reasonable expectations as well. Like you're not going to get a seasoned 20 year marketer as a student. It's just not going to happen. Some are great. Some are okay. Some are bad. It's up to you to filter as a business, set reasonable expectations and then find the best candidate for you. Now that's part of the half of our business. The other half is fulfillment. So what does this mean? We want you to successfully work with the student. And we don't, like right now, you made a good point. Like you can like create the training documents for the student. And then uh, when you get another one, they can just continue with that documentation you've created. Right now, sure, you could do that. But in the future, what we're actually creating, we want to do all that for you. We don't want you to do all that work. We're going to have templates. It's click, click, click. Now you have templated work from the student. We're going to have, a checklist for them to complete. You're going to be able to track the time they're working. We've already rolled out ratings and reviews. So you can actually provide ratings and reviews to your apprentice on a weekly basis. So it's really important for us to make the experience, 
You know, we don't want you doing basic work. We want you to focus the relationship on feedback and guidance. So as we build out more of these fulfillment tools, you know, it's going to add and make it even easier for the businesses to collaborate with the students. Mo, this is really interesting, and I'm very interested for myself as well. There are multiple categories here that we can immediately think of off the top of our head. Okay, I can do email marketing. We talked about it. I could grow my social media. We talked about it. Can we go over some of the categories to expand our thinking on this? What can we use an intern for? Because, of course, we can use an intern for everything. But what are some of the good specialties that you have great success with? Such as, for example, helping to introduce, refer, or or build a business partnership. Can you give us some examples and successes of what you've had? I mean, I've seen seen students help launch Kickstarter campaigns. I've seen students uh, do videos. It's it's hard to find that, so you gotta because you gotta filter for that video content for businesses for marketing. I've seen a lot of funnels, you know, using click funnels. So setting up landing pages for businesses and click funnels, and then running some ads to those funnels and checking the conversions on that. You know, that that's been really cool. I've seen businesses actually through podcasts reach out to different podcast guests, create uh, sequences for podcast guests. Uh, I've seen businesses, uh, sorry, I've seen students create chatbots for uh, social media and, uh, you know, other platforms. So I've seen a lot of that as well. You know, I've seen businesses create, really just kind of customize projects as well to their specific business needs. Some helped with Amazon, so marketing their Amazon storefront. Some with Shopify storefronts. I've seen a lot of them. You know, one, for example, matched with uh, a local student through Gen M, who just happened to be in the same city, and they're helping them set up an event, a uh, collision conference. So they're actually going to, I'm actually meeting them next week because I'll be in Toronto for that event. And she was just blown away of the student and She's setting up a, she's going to be at collision with her student, her apprentice. And um, so she helped herself set up an event. This is the Tony D'Urso Show, where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Just ahead, the chat continues about free marketing training and becoming influential with Mola Bass and Teresa de Grosbois. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. Here's a quick word about Native. Native creates safe, simple, effective products that people use in the bathroom every day. Their products have trusted ingredients and trusted performance. People love them. Check out the 8,000 five-star reviews from our customers. This product is a winner. It's got a soft, subtle scent that's well-balanced and clean. It glides on the skin, leaving none of that caked residue. I know I sound a little bit like a commercial, but let me tell you, it works like a charm, and my wife loves it too. I don't want to get too geeky here, but I got eucalyptus and mint. Good stuff. She got lavender and rose. Love it. You know, there's something here for everyone, and less is more with Native, as they have fewer, simpler ingredients, so you know everything that's in their deodorant. And they have other good stuff, too, for the bathroom. That's cool. 
Also, no aluminum here. It's got the good stuff for you. And are you ready for this? It's risk-free to try as Native offers free returns and exchanges in the U.S. So go ahead, give it a go, check it out. And for 20% off your first purchase, visit nativedeodorant.com and use the promo code TONY, T-O-N-Y, during checkout. For 20% off your first purchase, visit nativedeodorant.com and use promo code TONY during checkout. nativedeodorant.com, promo code TONY. I know you're going to love it. Hey all, hiring isn't as simple as putting an ad in the paper these days or posting to a job board. You know that. When you're juggling hiring with everything it takes to grow your business, you need something that connects you to the right candidates when you need them. And that's where LinkedIn comes in. Everybody knows LinkedIn. It's a household name, right? And that's why I believe everybody trusts LinkedIn to get the word out to good people when you're looking to hire that person for your business who's just right. You know what I mean? And you know, over 600, are you ready? I'm going to say that again. And you know, over 600 million members visit LinkedIn to connect, learn, and grow as professionals and discover new job opportunities. Did I? Did you hear that? Over 600 million members. That's how LinkedIn can make sure your job post gets in front of people you want to hire. People with the right hard and soft skills you're looking for. Cool stuff. Things like, you know, collaboration, creativity, adaptability. LinkedIn does the legwork to match you to the most qualified candidates so you can focus on hiring the person who's going to have a big impact on your business. And a hire is made every eight seconds on LinkedIn. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can pay what you want, and the first $50 is on them. Run, don't walk. Get to your computer right away. Just visit linkedin.com slash Tony. Again, that's linkedin.com slash Tony to get $50 off your first job post. linkedin.com slash Tony. Terms and conditions apply. Hear the stories. Be motivated. Be inspired. Join us today. Voice America Influencers. You're listening to The Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at TonyD'Urso.com. Now, back to Tony and his guests. All right, we're back on the Tony D'Urso Show, where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Let's see what we can learn through the success of others. Today's show is about free marketing training and becoming influential with Moa Bass and Teresa de Grobois. And now back to the chat with our guests. Uh, contests. Uh, is another one I've seen uh, students have set up contests for businesses. You know, I've seen them set up referral programs. I've seen them set up, you know, like you, you there's, there's, it's the question is, what do you need for a business? So what, what, what channels work for you as a business? Affiliate marketing. I've seen some that's helped set up uh, work with affiliate marketers. Yeah. Those are some ideas. Thanks for sharing that. And, I'm going to kind of micro influencers, sourcing micro influencers and partnering with them. No, this is great. We've totally get the gist. And I just want to let the audience know this is Mo Abbas, free marketing training, boom your business, expand your business, get interns at an amazing rate. 
And you can find out more about this at genm.co. That's G-E-N as Nancy, M as in Mary, G-E-N-M dot C-O. Mo, thank you so much for telling us about this and explaining this. You've got something really good here. Thank you, Tony. And now we have Teresa de Grabois join us who chats about becoming influential. Teresa is the number one best-selling author of Mass Influence. A four times international best-selling author, she teaches marketing courses around the globe to business leaders and entrepreneurs on how to create massively successful word-of-mouth campaigns. Here we go. Welcome to the show, Teresa. So great to have you on with us. Thank you. Oh, it's a joy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. And this is quite a topic. I love talking about becoming influential. And for our audience, before we get really into this, perhaps let's start from the beginning. How did it all start for you, Teresa? What's your backstory? (laughs) I love that question. You know, I probably first became fascinated with the world of influence around the age of three (laughs) because I had none. You know, I'm, I'm actually from a, a really large Northern Canadian family, and I was the youngest. So, you know, like a lot of youngest children, I spent a lot of time trying to get heard, trying to get listened to. And so, you know, the whole world of importance and influence just became a fascination for me, you know, and, and go figure that uh, 50 years later, I would find myself as a global authority on the topic because um, I think the seeds of the passion were sown very young. That is quite something. Let's talk about that. You wrote a book, which is great, evolutionary. And the title for the audience is Mass Influence, The Habits of the Highly Influential. I'd love to talk about this, how this book came about, and we'll get into some habits. That sounds like fun. The book, essentially, I wrote because I meet so many people that don't understand the world of influence. You know, and I really wanted to help good people, like everyday heroes who just want to create change and do something good in the world to understand how important influence is. Because a lot of us, you know, our inner dialogue, our self-sabotage, those stories we tell ourselves about, I'm not good enough, I'm not strong enough, I'm not smart enough, those flare up even more the minute we think about stepping into leadership or really stepping into our own dreams of making a significant difference in the world. And so... It's really important that, you know, the good people, everyday change agents of the world understand that, in fact, the world is calling you to step into leadership. And you need to recognize that it might just be your own self-sabotage that's stopping you from being a major contributor. That's a really good point. You know, for a very long time, and I mean long, I never thought of myself as a leader. I don't think I do to this day, but... For whatever reason, maybe it's the self-sabotage. It was just something was just like, oh, no, I couldn't be a leader. No, not me. Why is that, Teresa? You know, why do people have this? You know, it is a fascinating conversation because there's a lot of research on this now. That most people, regular everyday people, start creating self-limiting beliefs at the very earliest stages when they're first learning language. You know, in those very first failures you have in life, you start telling yourself stuff to make it all make sense. You might think, I'm too small, I'm too big, I'm not good at sports, I'm not good at math, I'm too white, I'm too black, I'm too tall, I'm too short. And whatever you start telling yourself at those young ages can become repetitive themes in our life where we take ourselves out of the running of things because we're convinced we're not good at it. And that self-sabotage is something that a very early version of you invented 
one of the reasons I do a lot of inner child work in a lot of my programs and a lot of the uh, work we do in the Evolutionary Business Council is because making friends with your inner child, who's the source of not only your ego, but a lot of your self-sabotaging beliefs, is actually the start of getting past all of those places that you're hamstringing yourself. Very interesting. And now, what are these habits that we should develop to become, I guess, more influential, to become a better leader? What do we have to work on? Well, I talk about 10 different habits in my book, but I think the most foundational one is really understanding that becoming influential is as easy as breathing. And, you know, there was a time when we all thought breathing was hard, right? We, we came out of that beautiful, warm environment. You know, we're in the womb. Suddenly we're born. Some idiot whacks us on the back. We have to learn the skill of breathing in about a minute. It hurts like heck. And then all of a sudden you master the skill of breathing and you never really think about it again. Like nobody goes through life thinking, wow, I've got to breathe 24-7 today. Where am I going to find the time? This is something <laughs> we naturally do, right? And influence is very similar to that. It's once you understand the principles on which influence is, is based and, and you really understand how simple it is, it's not something that consumes your time. You just naturally move through your day doing it. This is the Tony D'Urso Show, where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Just ahead, the chat continues about free marketing training and becoming influential with Moa Bass and Teresa de Grosbois. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You're listening to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at TonyD'Urso.com. Now, back to Tony and his guests. All right, we're back on the Tony D'Urso Show, where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Let's see what we can learn through the success of others. Today's show is about free marketing training and Becoming Influential with Moa Bass and Teresa de Grobois. And now back to the chat with Teresa. And so the most foundational principle of influence then, the one that's the most like breathing, is that you can't make yourself famous or influential. You can only give influence to other people and they can give it back to you. So when you watch about how highly influential people operate, they are constantly spending their own currency of influence because the more you spend your influence, the more influence you get. It's quite interesting. It works very differently than monetary currency. The currency of influence actually grows the more you invest it in other people. Teresa, when you say spend the currency of influence, do you mean in terms of if you're an influencer or at some level, I presume everyone, of course, is at some level of an influencer, and if you're not, get on social media and all of a sudden you are. Does that <laughs> yeah. mean then, Teresa, post and communicate and use that? Yeah, absolutely. We all have influence, right? Influence is just do people know, like, and trust you to take action based on what you suggest, right? And then mass influence is just do a lot of people know, like, and trust you, right? 
And that's a little different than fame. Fame is just do a lot of people know, know you. To be famous, they don't have to like you or trust you, right? So you can be famous without influ- influence, but you can't have mass influence without some level of fame. And so when I say spend the influence you have, you all know people that deserve someone to stand up for them and say, hey, this person's work is great. You know, and it could be someone that you want to be in relationship with a business. It might just be that some employee in the bank did a great job for you. Do you take the time to walk over to the manager and say, you know, that person was awesome. I think that should go on their performance review. So when you meet people that deserve kudos, that deserve praise, do you naturally stop, pause and praise them? Because highly influential people do that all the time. They are constantly shedding a light on the good work of others, especially those they deeply respect and admire, right? There doesn't need to be anything schmarmy or inauthentic about this. But when you see people who you respect and admire, share their work, shout them out, post them on social media, interview them on your show, right? It's important that you start creating some uh, dialogue around who you think is worth it for other people to look at. Those are some great points. And I want to focus a little bit more on that. When we're out, my wife and I, and something exemplary occurs, I'll actually ask her, I say, would you please post this on Yelp? Because she knows that stuff. And she'll write a review on some great restaurant, some great service, some something great that occurred with some employee at some store. I don't necessarily do it myself because my wife knows the Yelp. And we know that that's very important for business and retail stores. Is that all right? Or do I have to do it? Would I have to actually do it myself in my name? Well, that's a beautiful first step, right? Real influence starts to really solidify, though, when you start building relationships with other influential people. This is actually the second habit, right? So the first habit is just get in the habit of giving out influence. But the next foundational habit is around making sure that you know who else has influence that you respect and admire, emphasis on respect and admire, because you want it to be authentic. And when you work to get in relationship with them, you're going to give them influence. It's kind of like when you want to meet the new neighbor, you're going to bring them a lasagna or an apple pie. Well, when you want to meet someone influential, the thing you do is you bring them some form of influence. This is where a lot of people fall down, a lot of mistakes made in this realm because people get nervous around the influential and they do a lot of really weird things. I'm thinking with this now, I interview a lot of people. I've interviewed hundreds. My audience knows who they are. They're listed on my site. I don't necessarily see anything that the guest does afterwards. So I'll, I'll interview them on my show. So what else would I do? How else would this system work? Well, you're a beautiful example, actually, of a lot of the uh, habits that I teach, Tony, because, you know, first of all, I would come on your show any day of the week because I love what you stand for. I love what you do. I think your work is brilliant. And so for me, coming on your show is all about authenticity. Like I've gotten to the point as the leader of an organization that reaches over 600 million people, you know, I'm at the point where I can be choosy about which shows I go on now, right? I'm and, so I'm honored and flabbergasted. Well, and thank you. And I don't say that, you know, to land Schmarmy. I say that because it's important as someone who understands how influence works that to know that you don't need to align yourself with people you don't authentically respect and admire. Right. And it's OK to choose. It's OK to choose who you support and OK to choose who you align with. At the same time, um, I love how what you do gives influence to other people. 
And that actually helps your show get bigger because every time you interview someone who's influential, what do they, what do they naturally turn around and do? They turn around and do what I just did. I love Tony Durso. <laughs> the show's awesome. Let me put that on my Facebook. Let me put that on my LinkedIn. Let me put that on my Twitter. And influential people will naturally create that. I, I um, call it a cycle of reciprocity. That's a term coined by Dr. Sean DePerrin, who's, of course, one of the top communications experts in North America. But there's this cycle of reciprocity that's created amongst influential people of, wow, I love your work, you love mine, let's help each other and therefore influence grows. So the best thing you can do, anyone can do to grow their influence is start thinking about who around you already has influence that you think is doing really great work. Go out and start helping them and see what starts coming back to you. This is Teresa de Grobois, Becoming Influential, and you can find her at TeresaDeGrobois.com. And I'm going to spell that. First, Teresa's T-E-R-E-S-A. And this beautiful French last name is D-E-G-R-O-S-B-O-I-S.com. TeresaDeGrobois.com. You'll see it in the show notes. Teresa, thank you again. This is great. And it's true. When I first started three and a half years ago or so, of course, I was started with zero audience. And now it's quite large. And I do believe that when I get on those that appreciate the show, they will then let it, their audience or their fans and their friends know about it. And that does help me grow. So I sincerely appreciate the kudos and the, the referrals on my show. Thank you. And one of the things we're talking about habits, I still want to talk about some, but one thing that piqued my interest here is as part of that, you, t- you talk about focus. So how does focus deal in the habit? Because not to be confused, but habit is something... We do like breathing. Most of us, I believe, don't think about breathing. And I know I know someone who has asthma that does think about breathing a lot. So we have that in the mix. But normally a habit is something you just do all the time, eating or whatever, and you don't have to think about it. So how does focus deal in habit or is this another step or another lesson in becoming influential? Yeah, well, one of the things you do see with really influential people is they usually have one specific area they focus on becoming influential in. So something they stand for, some cause, something they teach, um, some audience they want to reach. Because uh, if you scatter your, fo- your focus all over the place, if, if you're just helping a ton of people in a ton of dis- different industries, you will become more influential, but it's not as powerful and it's not as concentrated. So it's important to figure out what are you really passionate about? I love how Aristotle first talked about this in his work. He talked about the difference between the different types of happiness, right? He talked about hedonistic happiness, that's sort of appropriate happiness that comes from those fleeting joys in life, that really nice latte we drink or the special hug from your child. Um, Hedonistic moments are appropriate, but they're not lasting. The minute that thing is gone, the happiness is gone. And he also talked about eudaimonia or eudonistic happiness, which is the happiness that comes from knowing you're a deep contribution to the world and that you really understand uh, what your life is about, what your mission on this planet is. So this habit is all around figuring out what is your mission in life? What are you going to focus on? What are you going to make the focus of your influence? And a good place to look is what really lights you up? What brings you joy to actually be known for or to do for others. You know, maybe there's a cause. Maybe you just enjoy bringing fun to other people through comedy or entertainment. 
But figure out what that thing is that you want to give to the world at large or your community at large. And that's the thing you should be focusing on. Very good points. And I would say, personally, I am blessed to know my purpose, my vision, to know where I'm going and what my life's mission is. I totally get it. And I totally know where I'm at. And I'm so happy to have found that. So for those that haven't, I have a good feeling. I have this hunch that Teresa here can help us. So if you don't have that all worked out, check her out at TeresaDeGrobois.com. Now, a preponderance of my audience are entrepreneurs, small business owners. There are some there are corporate level executives and so forth in the mix. A lot of us speak or should be speaking. And if you're not a speaker in the audience, you need to be. You need this skill. Even if you're career minded and you want something and you're listening to my show to find what else you can do in your life, speaking publicly is so important. You need to learn this skill. There's so I could just do shows upon this after show. And Teresa, you talk about the habit or the principle that people need to get in place in order to be a good speaker. Let's talk about that. Yeah, I think first and foremost, good speaking is always based on authenticity. And authenticity, there's a lot of different definitions out there, but the definition I use of authenticity, and I'm often quoted on, is that your inside voice is saying the same thing as your outside voice. And, you know, we all, we all see examples of this, right, where you meet a salesman and you can just tell what they're telling you isn't the same as what's going on in their mind. You know, it lands smarmy, it lands off. So when people are totally congruent with what's going on inside and what's coming out of their mouth, they have authenticity. That doesn't mean they have integrity because sociopaths, for example, can be extremely compelling and great speakers because they convince themselves of the truth of things that might actually be totally unfactual, right? So we meet people all the time who can be really authentic and still dishonest. So it's important to notice that authenticity is what makes someone charismatic and compelling more so than integrity and honesty. When you've got both, though, then you gain trust and you gain um, the respect that people want of you so that you actually can compel forward in lasting, powerful influence with people. Teresa, that's a great point. We hear about authenticity all the time. How would you define it and how would you coach someone into actually being authentic? Yeah, well, the first thing about authenticity, if we want to get that congruence, as I say, between what you're saying inside and what's coming out of your mouth, the first thing to do is to learn the skill of vulnerability. You know, and I love everything Brene Brown says on the topic of vulnerability. So if you want to find out more about vulnerability and authenticity, I highly recommend you go listen to some of her recordings. She actually has a new show out on Netflix that's just awesome. But when it comes to being really courageous as a leader, being powerfully vulnerable is one of the best skills you can learn that sets you up to learn to be really authentic. Because it's all this looking good conversation that we all have going on. It's hardwired into all of us as human beings, right? It's sort of like that don't let them see you sweat. Don't let them see, you know, all your worries, all your fears, And we constantly go around with all this worry and upset going on inside. And then we learn to be like the duck above water. Everything looks calm and placid on the outside. And learning to be vulnerable about those stories that you might be telling yourself in your head, like, you know, things like, I'm worried I'm not strong enough as a speaker. I'm 
I'm worried because I'm late and you might be upset. You know, even in an argument with your spouse, you know, owning what's the story you're telling yourself in your head of what might be going on here is a really quick shortcut to figuring out um, how to get back to authenticity and honesty and, and real influence in any conversation, let alone the mass influence conversation when you're on stage. That's very interesting on the authenticity. And I'm thinking with that, I've run into a lot of people that have a trouble saying what really happened. It has to be distorted in a way we call it lying. And I find some people having trouble just saying something like it is. There's training galore and communication classes all over the place on just being able to say it like it is. And I always wonder, why do we have to embellish, distort, or add to a story when it's more simply stated just as it is. I don't know if the, I'm not necessarily asking you for an answer, but if you would love to comment that on that, I, I would love to hear what you have to say. Well, it's sure a great inquiry, isn't it? Because just because you're speaking doesn't mean communication's happening, right? Because there's always the what you think you're saying, and there's what the other person's hearing and all the filters that they're putting it through, right? So as human beings... We're always questioning, is what I'm saying landing okay? Appropriately so. And at the same time, if you get too mired down in that, then you can start to land inauthentic or too protected or, or too um, incongruent with what's going on inside. Case in point, we all start to worry about political correctness and things like that. Cute story. One of the things that recently happened to me was in the Evolutionary Business Council, we had our very first transgender member join a few months ago. And um, it was actually really uh, inspiring to me to meet this individual. His name is Dr. Ashley Folks, And um, he's, he's actually known, speaks on stage about being transgender. Really impressive individual. And he identifies as a man and originated as a woman. And um, in conversation with him, I kept screwing up and, and saying she or he or, or, you know, referring to him in the feminine in moments. And I was getting more and more nervous in my first conversation with him. And I just had to pause, put it on stop. He said, Ashley, I'm so sorry. I just I've got a lot of inner dialogue around my brain keeps doing the wrong thing here. And I'm really worried about offending you. And that's distorting the whole way I'm having this conversation with you. And he just chuckled and he said, I totally get it, Teresa. And, and she said, don't, please don't worry about it. I totally forgive you. Please just try and make an effort to remember which it is. And that just totally relaxed me by getting vulnerable with him. You know, but how often do we end up in situations like, like that where, you know, a speaker's worst nightmare on stage comes true when something happens in the audience you weren't expecting. Someone asks the bomb of a question or something goes sideways that you weren't expecting. In those moments, being powerfully vulnerable is the quickest way to restore authenticity and, in fact, to restore the whole safety, the emotional safety in the room. It's really fascinating how that works. Very good point. I will keep that in mind. I speak multiple times a year. I've never run into anything awkward. Let's call it awkward. I haven't had my awkward moment. I don't want it, but if it happens, I will deal with it. I will remember this. Thank you for that advice. Now, as entrepreneurs, businessmen, we, as we're talking about, we go to a lot of events. You mentioned something that is the biggest mistake that you see people making in dealing with the event hosts. What is that, Teresa? 
You know, I would say when you're building a relationship with other influential people, the biggest mistake I see is what I would affectionately call the premature ask. You know, and a lot of people laugh when I say that. They're like, Teresa, the premature what? (laughs) the, The premature ask is like the equivalent of you've just met the new neighbors and, you know, the first thing they do is run over and say, oh, my God, I love that lawnmower. I saw you wheeling up the walk. I can't wait to borrow that. Right. And, <laughs> and in that moment, you're probably rolling your eyes and back in your head going, oh, who did I move in next door to? Right. But you see this all the time at networking events. And usually at any given networking event, the two most influential people in the room at that time are the event host and the speaker on stage. And you often see the moment the speaker walks off stage is when it's most visible. There'll often be a lineup of people waiting and the majority of them want to offer to buy them lunch or coffee or give them a product sample like a book, a CD or some sample of their product. And the interesting thing about that is that's way more about you if you're doing that to someone influential because the unspoken message is I want, you know, A, I want an hour of your time so you can help me. Or B, I want you to endorse my product or my book or my CD. It's a lot like going to the new neighbor that you just met and saying, you're going to so love my kids. You're really going to enjoy babysitting them. <laughs> That's the kind of energy that has, right? The, the way, remember, we talked about the way to get in relationship with influential people is to, in fact, give them influence. So if you want to meet the influential person in the room or the event host, You don't run up to them and say, can I buy you a coffee? Highly influential people, sometimes there's as many as four or 500 requests to to buy them a coffee a month. And I promise you, an hour of their time is not worth a $7 latte. Like those two things just don't equate, right? So it's heavy to ask for their time. The way to build that relationship, the equivalent of bringing them an apple pie or a lasagna to kickstart the relationship like you would with a new neighbor is to say, hey, I got a radio show. Can I interview you? Or I heard you said you were going to be speaking in Chicago. I've got connections in Chicago. Can I connect you to some other possible stages? Or uh, I know someone who's in the same realm you're working in that I think might be able to really help you. Can I connect you? You do something to help that person. That's the equivalent of the gift that you bring the new neighbor. That's how influential people tend to get in relationship with each other. Just want to just say thank you so much. This is Teresa de Grubois. If I said that right, I'm glad. Coming <laughs> influential. And you can find her at Teresa de And I am going to spell that again T E R E S A. That's Teresa. That's without the H. And the last name is D E G R O S B O I S. Right? B O I S. Perfect. Com. Yeah. There we yeah. go. Thank you so much. We talked about becoming influential. Some great points and advice and gold nuggets, heavy gold nuggets. Very big gold nuggets in this. I urge everyone, listen to this again. There's some great stuff. Everything you said just totally indicates with me and applies. And I'm going to work on some of these myself. Thank you so much, Teresa. Thanks for having me on, Tony. It was a joy to be here. Hey, guys. Thanks for hanging out with me while I featured a few prominent elite entrepreneurs who took their vision to reality. I hope this was as inspiring for you as it was for me to interview these great people. I learned so much. Insights are so valuable here. How did you like this interview? On Moa Bass, he created his vision from the problem of having hundreds of people apply for a job that did not have experience. From there, the vision came about and Mo created an incredibly viable company. And he helped the students and small businesses both. That's a triple score. 
You've heard this before, and here it is. Recognize a great opportunity when you see it. Usually, I see this as a problem that someone turns into an income machine. Are there any major problems in your area? Perhaps you can find a solution for that and make a revenue machine from that. I know many stories like this. You've heard of this before, right? Think about it. Take your time. Listen to this again. List down issues and problems in your field or a nearby related field. Then have a brainstorm session and look for solutions that people will pay for. Think carefully. I'm certain there are gems there at your fingertips. In fact, take a look at using Gen M to help your business grow even faster by taking on an apprentice or an intern. Good idea, huh? Teresa de Grobois? Oh yeah, the self-sabotage. I've interviewed several people on this topic. Have you gotten rid of all of yours? I used to have this as a kid. Tons of it. Over the years, I've gotten rid of these points that I could find. However, I believe this is where a mentor comes in to help us find and eradicate these false perceptions of ourselves. Don't you agree? What are the habits that you should develop to become more influential and become a better leader? Teresa's book will definitely help us on that, and it's a very worthwhile read and exercise. What a surprise! You can only give influence to other people and have some come back to you. It's like the opposite of money. The more you spend, the more you get back. I like that. When you meet people who deserve kudos, do you stop to praise and acknowledge them? Do you share their work? A great point on focusing on an area where you feel strongly about and growing your influence there. What are you really passionate about? Start there and expand your influence using that passion. Good speaking is based on being real and authentic. Her definition is that your inside voice says the same thing as your outside voice. Are you like that? Do you speak your mind? That's a good point she makes on dealing with an awkward moment. That's a great takeaway. There's so much more I got out of this interview. What did you get? Remember, tweet at Tony D-U-R-S-O. Grab hold of your vision. Decide you're going to either start something great or take it to the next level. You have to decide first. It always starts with a decision. And you can get my vision map to help you along the process. The free ebook is still online. At some point, the book will be released with more info. But for now, get that and use that to stimulate your success. I created my empire in just a few years. That's all it took. I had the vision map as my guide. You can do it too. And please follow me on social media. You can find most of those links on the homepage at TonyDURSO.com. You can also get the vision map there. And if you have iTunes or access to any Apple device, look up my name, Tony, D-U-R-S-O, and subscribe to my show. A kind review there will get you tremendous appreciation back in return. Thanks, and remember, success awaits those who persevere and remain steadfast despite the odds. Be righteous. Join me on the next episode of The Tony D'Urso Show. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of the Tony D'Urso Show with his key influencers. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel.